Yes, Lord God, you know the war. You are the God that has defeated the enemy. And we thank you for this day. We thank you that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, even now as it's being done and declared in heaven. We are your ambassadors. We represent the will and kingdom and purposes of the kingdom of God on this earth. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, power to bind and to loose, to permit and forbid to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. These are your words. These are your promises. They are good. And we thank you for them, Father. We thank you for Jesus Christ taking on the enemy, taking on the spirit of death and destruction to dis- to deliver us from death. Father God, I thank you for your plan. Your plan is perfect. Your plan is good. And Lord God, I thank you for bringing us through this uh, snake pit into the place of the revelation of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We take authority over the enemy, especially those spirits of addiction and death and destruction, drugs for pharmacia, witchcraft, that have entrenched, that have entangled, that have ensnared uh, many thousands and thousands and millions of people in Satan's attempt to destroy them. And we thank you that we bind those powers of darkness. We command that the eyes of your, our understanding be open and that we see what's going on. If we don't understand it, Lord God, how can we pursue or, or prevail against it? I thank you again for wisdom and for divine protection. You promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Cover us in our words, conversations, relationships, communications, thoughts, and that we'd rightly divide your holy word of truth, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're continuing on the subject of addiction. We talked about that in our last session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how how do we define addiction? Well, I, I define addiction by trying to quit something you can't stop. So that there's, it's a controlling. It's something that's controlling your life. Something that has control over your life or your relationships, your behavior. Something you want to stop doing that you can't do, can't stop doing. Trying to quit what you can't stop. Well, it starts out with this is something I want. It's something I want. I want this drug. I want this drink. I want you know whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I want this view. But then what happens? I mean, there's something you want becomes something you hate. Well, I think it starts not with something I want, but with something I believe. believe. Okay. I believe that we are thinking, uh, our belief systems are set up on this idea that I should have no problems. I should be able to t- feel good all the time. Um, you know, and so we kind of want to monitor or or manage our feelings, our emotions, our our life circumstances mm-hmm. with with something. And we're taught that we can fix things with pills and and remedies that we can eat and put in our mouth and things. So we kind of get to that place where we want to fix things. But let's look for a minute at, I, I want to kind of switch a little bit, switch gears just a tad to treatment. Uh, because a lot of people, they've already believed the lies. They've, they've caught in that, that uh, I don't know, that snare. Matrix. matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it begins with understanding the war itself and the two objectives that Satan has, one is to get us to believe that God is not good or that he's not good all the time. And the second one is to believe that somehow we are unworthy, ourselves not good, undeserving, and that um, God is mad at us. So we have this uh, setup, this, the devil sets up the scenario that 
there's resistance, there's friction between me and God, and Satan kind of works with that to try to get us to believe God isn't trustworthy all the time or that we're not worthy of his love. Well, in, in God is not even on the radar of a lot of people these right, days. I mean, right. it's, it's not even, it, it said in, in God is not in all his thoughts. And in the days of Noah, it says that men's hearts, thoughts were only evil continually. continually. So there was not a consideration of God. I mean, there, obviously there's a lot of people that really, you know, know God, love God, have a great revelation of God. But then there are people more and more in our culture where God is not even considered in our daily well, uh, daily life. Um, and then another thing, too, you mentioned about treatment programs, about how how do these addictions affect our identity where we identify well, think, we identify yeah. we're identified by our addiction and right, for right. example if you go into a support group mm-hmm. and you introduce yourself hey said my name is joe my name is uh jane whatever it is and i'm an alcoholic uh-huh. so you're you're in in some of those treatment programs you are permanently identified or agreeing with with yep. the addiction and you reinforce that every time you go to a meeting. That's exactly correct. And so going back to, again, the beginning of the war and the, and the, the parameters of this war, first of all, the objective is for Satan to get us to be separated from God. And he does that through sin, and he does that through lies. Um, and to believe God is not helpful, not, not for us, and then we're feeling abandoned, alone. And when we get, when we're born, we, when we're conceived, at that moment we enter into the enemy's territory. And so the rule is changed. Satan changes the rule from you are not a being coming from heaven made in the image of God. You are a behavior. You are defined by what you do. And so that's why we go into these treatment programs and people are defining themselves, like you said, by their behavior. So what happens is in, in programs, the, the main problem with most treatment programs is they're addressing behavior and not being. They're trying to get people to quit using, stop this, that, the other thing, um, take responsibility, work the program. So they're trying to uh, moder- uh, modify their behavior without identifying the true root cause of the problem in the first place. And that's why treatment programs don't always uh, succeed. Yeah, because they're looking at the surface behavior. It's just like with sin. You could say, well, sin is the great problem. Yes, that's it. it is a great problem. But what's below, what's underneath right. the sin is believing the lies. And what's below uh, under, that what's, yeah, and what's is the enemy. Right. And so and same with addiction. Um, if you're you're working to modify your behavior, but what you have to understand your mm-hmm. being and then and then also the the, the spiritual war that's um, against you well, well, when you're trying to modify your behavior, you're going to fail. Try harder, never enough. Do it again. Do it over. Start over again. You relapse. Now you got to start counting all over again. It's just a it's just a perfect setup for absolute frustration and failure in the people, and they don't get any sense of their own goodness when you're constantly th- uh, failures constantly being thrown in your in your face. You don't get any sense of your own goodness. But they but they but they have to understand in a treatment program, in a, they do not address the forces, really, like you mentioned, the forces or the entities that are behind the addiction, the, the, the spirits that are over, overpowering the people that we have to actually be rescued from. Treatment is, uh, should be understood as a program to, of deliverance, yes. uh, of rescue 
from the lies, from the grip of Satan, because Satan is causing us to do things we don't want to do. We're, we need to be delivered from the grip of the terrible one, because actually in Romans 7, that's exactly what Paul is describing. People are doing what they do not want to do. He even included himself in that. And we kind of just think, well, if we just try harder, if we just do it again, if we just have a better program, and, and even when we go to the Christian treatment programs, and they still are not addressing the real issues of the enemy and the lies, and we fail those programs, now we're at the bottom of the barrel because now even God doesn't work. That's how Satan gets people to believe God doesn't work. He's a, he's a failure. He, he didn't help me. Um, I'm hopeless. I might as well, you know, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. And, and this becomes, mm-hmm. the, the problem is the, the believing of the lies and people don't address the lies. And, and when people get into this behavior scenario, um, then Satan can, can throw on us the, the shame, the guilt, not only the failure, but the shame and the guilt, because guilt says, I'm doing something bad. You know, my behavior is bad. It's, 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 it's hurting people. It's hurting me. It's, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm guilty. And then when we, when we grip onto and agree that I'm, I'm guilty, I did something bad. Then the next spirit that comes in is shame. If I'm doing something bad, then I am bad. Shame says I am bad. Guilt says I'm doing something bad. And denial says I can't agree that I'm with bad behavior because then I would agree that I'm bad. And so there's a catch 22. So denial says I, I'm fine. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I can quit anytime I want. You know, if this thing doesn't have me, I've got it. I'm in control. And I, and I think that becomes another problem is losing control. Well, you, you mentioned earlier about people get into addiction because we want to be able to manage our feelings so, in other words, we feel depressed, we want to take something that will lift our mood, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be able to have things where we're, 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 we're feeling good, we can handle it. We need to have something to be able to, to cope and to handle the pressures of, of right. life. So we turn to these uh, false comforts, dangerous comforts. And then we, cope. And then we turn to false, false solutions. And, right, and then what... We're thinking we want to be in control of these things. You know, you hear ads on TV, you know, take control of your life, take Mm -hmm, control mm -hmm, of this. mm -hmm. But then what happens is these addictions, or we can say the spirits behind these addictions take control of us. And then the part I I believe has got to be very horrible for those that are in addiction is that your life has gotten out of control. And that was one of the things that in one of the steps of one of the programs, you have to admit that your life has gotten un- out of control. Right. You're, was, not, yeah. you're not in control. There's something there that's controlling you. Right. And, and then, then the issue, then the debate is, what do you do to be free? Do you, you, know, how, do you modify your behavior? Do you just abstain from certain things? Yeah. And, and, and then... Uh, hopefully things will will work out for you. Well, and this all is a vicious circle because you try harder, never enough, then you relapse, go back to using, uh, use more, get sicker, lose more people in your life, lose more, you know, your finances, lose more of your life. And, and then you go back to treatment again. And by the time you go to 23 treatments or even two or three or 23, I know people have been in 23, um, it's just like crazy. Like, what's the point? What is the point? I can't, I, you're so conditioned at that point to believe I can't do this that you don't even have the, the, 
the gumption to try it anymore. And I think, but the key to, to recovery, the key to victory is, is not more fight. It's surrendering, surrendering to the Lord God and saying in that place, I cannot do this, Lord. This is going to have to be you. I will follow you. I, I submit to you. I cannot do this. And so at that point, then we also need to have someone uh, lead us, whether it's the Holy Spirit or, or a person who understands that these things are not you. Like Paul says, he says, I am doing things I do not want to do in Romans 7, 20. If, if I am doing what I do not want to do, he says, it is not me doing it. But we don't say it's not me doing it. We say, yeah, it is you doing it and you need to take responsibility because we're being reinforced in the devil's lie that you are what you do. And so then if we are reinforced in that lie, I, I got to take responsibility. All it brings is more guilt and shame and condemnation and those are from the enemy, guilt, shame, and condemnation. You could think of them as three spirits that come into your life to beat you up uh, because you can't do what you, you know, you're not doing what you want to do. And Paul says, it's not me. He says, it is the sin that dwells in me. And I believe even with believers, there are people, most Christians do not believe or, or, or understand the intensity of the war that is going on inside of them that is coming out of the body of death operating software. When we, when the, the Bible says the soul that sins shall die, when Adam and Eve sinned, Satan was permitted at that point because they agreed with him. They took his solution. They believed the lie that this fruit would be good, would give them wisdom, would give them life, uh, wouldn't hurt them. And they ate the fruit. They deliberately ate, disobeyed, went against what God told them they should not do, forbid them to do, warned them not to do. Um, that they became under the devil's control. And at that point, when they're under the devil's con control, um, he got to un unload his body of death operating software into their souls. And so that means the soul that sin shall die. So the soul, which is connected to the body, which con together makes the definition of your flesh, was programmed to die. Uh, your mind, will, and emotions, you, you are, our minds are filled with doubt. When we use our minds to think, we're filling our, we're saying, I don't know, I think. When you're using your heart to figure something out, you're going to say, I'm afraid, I made a mistake. Uh, and when your body has serious physical, biological needs, so we're very vulnerable in our flesh to the traps and snares and setups and solutions of the devil. And so when people are in great pain, and, and believe you me, they, get, they don't start drinking alcohol at two months old. It, it's, a, it's a process where the pain, the trauma, the rejection, the rebellion, the broken relationships, all of that pain of the rejection, not being loved, not being accepted, not being, not finding a place, not finding a purpose, not finding a, being born into a circumstance where it's very difficult already. It's like you got two strikes against you and you're, and you're just got up to bat. It's like, okay, so what am I going to do now? And so that trauma and pain provokes is what Satan uses to get you to ease the pain. And so with that, we have the solutions and the powders and the chemicals and the uh, try to, to relieve the pain. We're, we, we're taught that pills all the time, drugstores, uh, you know, take this for this, take this for that, do this. For, and it's like we just got to, you're trained to fix things through a pill or through a solution or a potion or something. Well, then you talked about people that have grown up in very difficult situations, you know, very painful situations. What about those that have grown up seemingly and really, you know, we could say the the mom and dad are believers, they're together, 
The kids are, are, are trained in righteousness. They are exposed to the Word of God. But yet some of those that have grown up in that sort of environment end up being addicted as well. Well, I, I know. And it's, it's like Satan is no respecter of persons. He, he doesn't, um, he's not daunted by the fact that you maybe had Christian parents and he's going to back off. But the thing is, we all understand that our generational bloodlines carry a lot of open doors, unconfessed sins, unfinished business, and the enemy uses those open doors. And a lot of us come from a, people who are addicted. And it's not just alcohol and chemicals. People think, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not addicted. I don't use. Um, but, but they're addicted to food. They're addicted to shopping. They're addicted to uh, praise. They're addicted to, they're being driven, controlled, addicted, trying. See, what it is is an addiction is trying to fill an emptiness, that void, that emptiness, that, that loneliness, that pa- and place of pain. And so we're, we're trying to fill that. And Christians have just as much uh, need for uh, meaning and purpose as the others, as, as those who are bro- born into very difficult situations. But when your bloodline is saturated with the spirits of familiar spirits of addiction already, and no one has done what the Bible says, Leviticus 20, uh, 26, um, to confess the sins. If you will confess your iniquity and the iniquity of your fathers, which is with you, then I will um, restore the covenant. So they're not, people think, well, I'm saved. I accepted Jesus. It's all good. And, and nobody really says, well, you need to, you know, I think in, in, in treatment, a lot of times they'll say, take, do a, a moral inventory. I think that's good. I think people need to look at that and then do the right thing with it. Once you re- figured it out, you need to apply that situ- to that situation, the truth of God, and acknowledge it and confess those sins, the sins and, and, the, and even the sins of your generations, and then forgive those who didn't forgive, forgive those who didn't tell you the truth, forgive those who hurt you, took advantage of you uh, when you were little or vulnerable, forgive, release those judgments to God. That's what forgiveness means. And a lot of people coming through programs are not taught to forgive either because they're, they're saying, I'm still angry. I'm still angry with who, who did what to who and and, 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 and they, I can't get over it. And if you don't release that crime to the Lord God, to the righteous judge, you carry that crime. You st- you're weighted down. Your whole life becomes uh, difficult because you're still angry, upset, and bitter, and you can't get that burden off your back. And so when someone has committed a crime against you, whether they abused you sexually or physically or, or psychologically or they hurt someone you love— you must, must, absolutely must turn that crime over to God. You say, Lord, I choose by an act of my will to forgive them. I release them from my judgment for what they did. We're not saying there's no crime here. We're not pretending like it's okay. We're not pretending like, you know, it's okay they beat me up and raped me. We're not saying that at all. We're saying it's not okay. We're saying I'm bringing that rape, that crime, that violation, that death, that, you know, overdose. I'm bringing it to the Lord God, who knows everything. And that's why Jesus Christ calls himself the faithful witness, because he sees everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you can ask him to testify on your behalf as to what really happened. Leave it with the Lord. Trust in God. God will fix it. He will take care of it. He can do it better than we can. Leave it with him and go forward in your life doing what God's called you to do. He didn't create you to carry all these burdens of bitterness. He creates us to preach the gospel and share the good news of Jesus Christ and to, and to know who we are, to know who he is and to and enjoy our relationship with him and love one another. 
Well, we are in desperate need as human beings of a spiritual rebirth. In other words, getting connected with the Lord. Because if we're using other things, images, chemicals, work, money, whatever it is, to try to fill, mm-hmm. there's that void. There's that, because of that sin that is really what? Embedded Play, in, yeah. embedded in us, us. too. You know, as, as human beings. That um, that has to be removed. That has to be mm-hmm. overcome by the power of Jesus. So what I'm saying is that uh, that connection with the Lord that brings that fulfillment and that joy and that peace and that assurance and that identity uh, that you, that uh, as to who you really are. You're a child of God, created in the image of God, um, loved by Him. And that that revelation and that mm-hmm. connection with the Lord yep. is really the cure mm-hmm. for the for the the emptiness that we that we sense as human beings because of our basically disconnect from the uh, a conscious disconnect in our hearts and minds in our spirits with the living God. I think it's conscious and subconscious, but we going back again to what Paul said. I agree with you that, that there is, um, he said, oh, wretched man that I am. When he's recognizing this controlling spirit that's taking over his life, causing him to do what he doesn't want to do, um, he said, it is the sin that dwells within me. But we understand that the sin is the, is the behavior. It is the result of believing the lie. When you believe something, first you have the root and then you have the fruit. When you believe the lie, then you do the sin. So people need to get to the lies that are causing them to drink in the first place. That's the real, that's the real essence of treatment is to get to the lies so that you can know the truth because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So truth equals freedom, lies equal bondage, bondage equals lies. So if you're in bondage addictions, you're believing lies. And so when he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will what? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Now, what is he saying there? He's not saying, Okay, I need to get the, my act together. I need to get a better treatment program. I get. To, I need, need a better uh, sponsor. Yeah, I need. I need to. to you know, uh, try harder. I need to. Uh, you know. You know, spend more time or do this or do that. He's saying, "Who will get this thing out of me?" He says, "I can't do it." He says, "Oh, who will deliver me from this body of death?" And then he answers the question with the statement, "I thank God." Right after he says, "Who will deliver me?" He says, "I thank God." Through Jesus Christ, there is now, now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So what he's saying is, there is no condemnation for who? For those who are in Christ Jesus, who what? Who do not walk according to the flesh, who do not use the soul software of the flesh, who do not use the soul and and, and cater to the flesh to answer their problems, but who walk in the Spirit, and we can walk in the Spirit. Well, what's that mean? That means we walk according to God. His, it says His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So our spirit is a second receptor site. It's the receptor site for the revelation of God. It is the, it is the software that operates under the counsel uh, and the download of the Holy Spirit for what man knows the things of a man but the, the spirit of the man which is in him. But God has revealed those things to us by his spirit that we might know. That's First uh, Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. Um, so what happens here is that we begin to um, walk 
in a place of knowing. And people, your mind says, well, I can't know that. For, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You say, I don't know a million times a day. Who is saying, I don't know in you? This spirit of confusion, where's he from? Heaven or hell, there's only two kingdoms. So you're walking under the counsel of, I don't know, confusion, and he is not going to give you any good answers or solutions or directions. You need to go back to your spirit and say, well, what do you know, Lord God? What do you want me to know? And then walk with that and say, well, this is what I know. I know God is for me. God is good. Doesn't God doesn't like this. God, this is killing me. I know God is a plan, a path for my life to set, to set me free. And then you ask God, what is the lie? What are the lies I am believing that is causing this grip on my life? And the Holy Spirit will begin to show you. And, and hopefully he will lead you through his word, through his spirit, and maybe lead you to people who will also help you to discover that lie. But you have the Holy Spirit. He can show it to you without there being a treatment program or a person. Lord, what is the lie that I'm believing? What is the lie fear is telling me? I'm afraid I won't fit in. I'll never make it. Whatever the lie. And then ask the Lord to show you the place where you first agreed with the lie because everything here is based on agreement with the enemy. We make agreements, whether we subconsciously, passive agreements, implications, vows. He doesn't care how he gets the agreement. He, he gets his agreement with us makes his claims, takes it to the court of heaven and throws us and throws these indictments and accusations against us because that's his plan for destruction. The good news is the judge knows the truth and so does the faithful witness. But you and I need to know the truth because if we're, we don't know the truth, we'll still walk in the pain in the place of, of death and destruction. So we need a savior. Jesus is known as a savior. In other words, we can't save ourselves. We need a Savior. When you're drowning, you can't swim and you're drowning in 40 feet of water. You need rescue. You don't need to try harder. You don't. Right. You, you need someone to come and just pull you out of there. And, 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 but see, the Lord does that rescue. Yeah, because he, he loves he us. He can do it, you know, one-on-one without another human being. But he has chosen human beings like us that know the truth to bring that message of deliverance Amen. and that understanding uh, that uh, how that uh, our, our own self-efforts won't, won't do it, won't get us free. Mm-hmm. Connect, only connecting with Jesus will get us free. And then, and then the showing, showing them that um, this is what, it, it, he needs human beings to show them. Right, well, right, right. To he, show them, to, to, who have knowledge that can, uh, it's like a surgeon, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the knowledge to fix, to fix, and to cut and remove. Mm-hmm. And and this is the great need in uh, in our day is for people to know to who are equipped to know how to bring uh, the freedom and deliverance mm-hmm. to people, right? like what you're saying, bringing the truth and um, to get them into the place of freedom. So we have the one thing that we need to the revelation of Jesus Christ. That revelation of Jesus Christ is the one and only thing we all need for every problem we ever have. Whatever the revelation of Jesus Christ is at that moment for that situation will bring you to freedom. So you ask yeah. for the revelation of Jesus Christ, and the revelation will always kind of reduce down to one thing. I love you. You are loved. You're precious. You're mine. And, and the, the revelation will reduce down to who you are, that you are made in the image of God, cast in the image of God brought forth by God for the purposes of God to express his image. We were in God, in him, and came forth from him to do his will and to come back to him and to know him and to be part of his family. So again, the, the lie 
is destroyed with the truth. The truth is, who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you here? What are you here for? And where are you going to end up? These are the truths that we that we that that bring us to to freedom and purpose. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for all those that are listening at this moment. And I thank you, Father, for all of us, Margie, Ray, and I included, that you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. the revelation of your love, that full revelation of your unending love, your love that, that brought Jesus Christ to the cross and that raised him from the dead and ascended him to the Father's right hand and sent the Holy Spirit to equip us and enable us to live in this life uh, of peace and grace and victory. Father, I pray I break the powers of the enemy in the lives of those that are listening who may be addicted right now. I break the powers of addiction. I break the power of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I I say be free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that you're revealing yourself to them, your love, your grace, your freedom to make them mighty in spirit, that they will not be under the control of this addiction, whatever it is anymore, but they would be under the control and leading of the Holy Spirit as you bring you into freedom for your glory. Yes, Lord, and I agree. You said if two or three agree on earth is touching anything, it shall be done. That the spirits of addiction and deception, guilt, shame, condemnation, denial, accusation, all of those spirits are bound in the name of the Holy yes. One of Israel, and we forbid them to continue their operation against your, the righteous, against your innocence, against the children. And Father, I thank you for your faithfulness to complete the work that you have begun in us, for we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. Um, just one quick thing before we go. Uh, check out liferecovery.com, Life Recovery. Dot com. There's some awesome uh, teaching tools, weapons, instructions there, especially we're looking at Cravings, the book, Cravings. Uh, very, very powerful uh, teachings about what we've talked about today um, with um, treatment, addictions, um, cravings of all kinds, not just alcohol or chemicals or powders or whatever, but foods and things like that. So check it out, Cravings at liferecovery.com. Amen. <laughs> I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.